And a very good evening, all. You're welcome along once more to the Irish F1 show in association with PFT Travel and Rapco. Check out PFT Travel on Facebook and check out Rapco on Facebook and indeed on Instagram as well. Some nice little neat and tidy wraps occurring over the last couple of weeks. I noticed there, most notably, or one of the most notable ones being uh, the Meiji Evans, which I saw uh, entering Rapco HQ and a fine job as well. And of course, if you need a lift anywhere at all, which is a busload of lads heading off to a match or to a Grand Prix or anywhere, PFT Travel, definitely your go-to option. We're looking back on Abu Dhabi. We're going to look back on the season in general as well. Uh, we might come back and do a proper season review in a few weeks' time, but uh, just to maybe delve into that ever so slightly. And, of course, it is our last race review in general of the year. We've one or two other big interviews planned before... Christmas and we're looking forward to, to getting those done and getting them shared but in the initial intended format of the show this may be actually it so um, yeah strap ourselves in and we'll see what the next hour or so has to offer us uh, Richard Carney unfortunately is not with us this evening Barry Rabbit is with us this evening and Mike Dermody has joined us once more as well Evening gents how are you? All good guys Evening nice Barry <laughs> Mike, your first two auditions have gone well, so we brought you back for the hat trick. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Good man. And look, as you can see, Mike is well qualified to go on a podcast. You can see all the diplomas there behind him. <laughs> <laughs> no better, no better vocal. Yeah. Guys, Pepper doesn't refuse ink, isn't that it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to be blunt and be honest. A bit of a snooze fest, I think, on Sunday. We have, obviously, sentimental things to talk about. We'll probably go back to Max and Checo. We've done our homework, we've done our sums. We did get a few people in touch with us as well who felt that we were maybe a little bit too kind to Max on last week's episode. And that's good. Get in touch with us. By all means do. Irish F1 Show is our handle on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. And you can email us uh, irishf1show at gmail.com as well. Lads, general observations on the weekend. Mike, I'll start with you. Uh... An uneventful race, I think, is the easiest way to, to describe it. Um, you know, at one stage in the middle of the race there, I had uh, I had a sort of an image of Max cruising along with his arm out the window, getting the farmer's tan. Like, you know, he was able to go that slow to save his tyres. Uh, and he was still matching the lap times of the guys, you know, giving socks behind him. Um, I, thought, I thought the start of the race, I was very disappointed with Chekhov. Lap one, turn one, lights out, away we go. Max leaves that inside channel open. Checo has a look in and then lifts off. Not not the ambitions of a guy looking to get out in front and, and, and do damage and claim second in the, in the championship. So the start, it, the start of the race disappointed me from that perspective. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about Checo's performance throughout the whole race in a while. But um, yeah, an ineventful race really. Other than that, there was... There was there was a bit of uh, place swapping going on down the grid. Most of it was done during undercuts or overcuts. I can't remember any fantastic particular overtaking moves that, that stand out for me. I don't know. Barry, you might might have a different view. No, kind of same as that, Mike. It's um, Yeah, it was, like you said, it was a race where it didn't seem to be, no matter how slow Verstappen went, he still kept leading the race comfortably. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't think he was doing that in, purpose or anything um he was with well, his pace was on purpose but he wasn't trying to back up or anything it's just preserving tires as you say something that max is probably 
you know, not incorrectly not well known for, but he is good on, on saving the tires, but he has this kind of um, aggressive demeanor uh, uh, as well that kind of, I suppose, takes most people's memory. Um, so, yeah, he, it, was, it was a fairly uneventful race. Um, uh, I suppose, funny though, that, uh, funny few little things were like Hamilton at the start kind of looked to be moving forward and then ended up kind of getting caught back again by science and stuff and Russell mm. was slower then and then he was faster. So a little bit funny, but I think that was maybe lads just, you know, trying to life their tires differently. Um but yeah, nothing nothing too hectic to report. Um if it wasn't for the fact that there was P two in the championship to 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 settle, even even Checo chasing down um Leclerc at the end was you know, any other race, if it was just for that position, it, it, it wouldn't have even been a highlight. I think the fact that it was for P2 added a little bit of glamour to it, but not enough, I don't think. Generally, a, a, a pretty poor race to, to end off the season, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, of a, bit of a damn squid, I think. Um, I'm going to pick up on something that Mike said there, Barry, and it's in relation to that start. And the lack of intent, I suppose. Checo didn't obviously go for it. He did pull back a little bit. And... Would that be, I suppose, in one single moment, a summary of the gap between, it's probably unfair to say Verstappen and him, but the actual top drawer driver and him. Is moments like that an example, or is that too harsh? Uh, I don't think it's too harsh. I think what you have as well is, I mean, Bottas was to, not to go immediately, just go to another driver, but Bottas was probably the best example recently on the grid of, a very very fast driver, but not a particularly good, if that's not too generic a term, racing driver. Um, you know, he, he was very very quick, but he he didn't have that killer instinct to go for gaps. To, you know, and we still see that he's still very fast, very extremely fast in the Alfa Romeo on occasion, but generally loses positions on the opening laps. And you know, we 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 have these two. You know, that that's it's it's almost a personality type thing. Um, as much as anything else so there's two different things driving a race car as fast as possible is one set of skills driving as fast as possible and being an aggressive overtaker and a good racing driver is is another thing and I think what you have with Checo is someone who's an exceptionally good driver but sometimes not always not as much as say Bottas is um, but can sometimes be just that little bit um, weak willed when it comes to you know throwing the car down a small gap and of course being teammate to Verstappen who's about the polar opposite of that when he needs to be will only you know make that more obvious Mike just on Checo as well it's a point that I know you really wanted to make when we were chatting beforehand in relation to the battle for second you felt that maybe and if I'm misrepresenting you by all means let me know you felt perhaps a bit of Ferrari misfortune is the reason why he was actually in the position to possibly finish second in the first place you stand by that now that we're live on air? I do, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I don't if you if you look on the season as a whole from, from race one to race twenty-two and you look at the performance, in honesty, Checo was in with a shout going into the last race for P2 because Ferraris, particularly around their strategic or lack of strategic management in, in, in earlier races that had cost Leclerc. Uh had that not happened, I don't think that that um Checo would have been in with a, a ghost chance going into race one of finishing P2 in the championship. Uh, he's just he's just not good enough. If you look on, if you compare Leclerc and, and Checo together, had, had neither driver finished that race, Leclerc was still going to win that P2 by virtue of more wins, 
by by a better you know a better record on track. I I think he was very fortunate to be in the position of fighting for Pete who going into the last race, and I think you know uh, had it not been for Ferrari's own faux pas. I doubt that he would have been there, quite honest. There was never any doubt about who was going to win that title. I mean, Max won it hands down. But um, the P2, I think it was flattering Checo a little. When you look back, you know, I sat back on Sunday evening and I looked at, um, you know, after the race was over and I was watching the last couple of laps with interest, um, even take that particular point. He came in for his second set of tyres. He went back out. He needed to be pulling a second a lap out of Charles, and Charles was on all rubber. And he wasn't until his race engineer came on the blower and sort of gave him the hurry up and said, get your finger out for Jesus Christ. You're going to, you know, you have to catch this guy. And then later on, he says, you know, you're going to catch him on the last lap. Brilliant. You'll get him. Like, honestly, didn't show, doesn't show enough ambition. Didn't show any ambition for me for a guy that really wanted it that bad. And I don't think he deserved it in the, over the course of the season. Barry, could you argue anything in regards to the Red Bull strategy the other day and pit stops to maybe have a different situation just in terms of the other day only? Yeah, I think it was a very weird situation. What actually happened was, um, by virtue, I think Verstappen's strategy actually hurt um, Checo Perez more than anything else because Verstappen was was driving at such a pace, a slower pace than need be, that the Ferraris were able to hold the gap without um, bringing, without without driving ultimately as fast as they as as they might have had to to keep that gap. So by, by virtue of Verstappen driving slowly, the Ferraris didn't have to push as hard, which then in turn meant that they didn't have the same degradation that they normally would have. Um, and then it was that lack of degradation and that sustained pace that the Ferraris normally do suffer from um, that meant that they were able to do the do the one stop and ultimately stay ahead of, of Perez. So inadvertently, I think Red Bull, by by putting Verstappen on the one stop, slowed the pace of the race down, saved the tyres on the Ferrari, and then Checo didn't have mm. enough laps to, to, to come back at him. So I, I think it was definitely, um, I think Ferrari got the right strategy, which is an unusual thing to say this year. Um, and... Um, and and in a funny kind of way, I think Red Bull actually shot themselves in the in in, in the foot in terms of Perez. Mm. But I don't think I mean to echo what Mike said. I don't I think I don't think Perez really deserved P two in the championship ultimately. And um, considering the equipment he had at his disposal compared to Leclerc's equipment and team, um, and uh, it had all the looks that I don't think Red Bull were too pushed about P two either. We kind of thought that from earlier in the season where they did, you know in brazil and, and mexico and stuff it didn't seem to be too much of an effort um they said all the right things then about after brazil saying that they were gonna they were gonna do what they need they could to to get prez um the p2 and as i said last week there's not actually a whole lot they could have done the one thing they could have done is is let them swap positions off the line let Perez lead the race and then swap it back at the end and, and, and put Verstappen in ahead of him and Perez guaranteed second. But I just don't think there was really any appetite there for, for P2 from, from Red Bull. Um, I think there was from Perez, but not enough, as Mike says. I, I, I don't know even that, because if you, if you look at the interview, uh, when Jensen Button interviewed him after the race, you know, in, in Park Firm almost, uh, he was all smiles. He looked very relaxed. He didn't, you know, um, I know a lot of drivers 
would would um, would be would be very critical of their of their own performance in that situation, even in Mondello Park, that they felt maybe they didn't try hard enough. He just didn't seem to really didn't really it, it didn't seem to bother him that that he and you know he had to have the hurry up from his engineer. I mean, you, you take you take your point about the, the one stop the one stop strategy and everything else that worked. There was a few other cars went out on a one-stop strategy and it was it failed miserably for them, right? Kevin Magnussen started on a one-stop strategy. That was clear. That that got abandoned very quickly. And I think one of the um, Alphas might have had as well from memory. But I think uh, Bottas might have had. But Vettel like, did a one-stop as well. And, and Vettel, was, yeah. Was and it didn't work for them. wasn't impressed, yeah. yeah. Didn't work for them, right? So, you know, your point is very well made. But by the same token, you got the early part of the race... You've got Checo complaining that he's dealing with the wash from from Max's car, but he's more than two seconds behind him. He's not even able to. Max is going easy, and he's not even able to get close enough where he can open the rear wing, get a bit of drag resistance, and get pulled along. And he's got a full fuel load, and he's absolutely, you know, hammering his tires, which means he has no choice but to do two stops. And yet, you know, that was the opportunity, Mike Shirley, for Red Bull to put Perez, let Perez go ahead of Verstappen. Um, on his two stop because you could you could say that Verstappen was was holding was hurting Perez by 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 driving in front of him maintaining tires mm. when Perez didn't need to and then mm. Perez actually you know opened up his front tire early on I think it was lap fourteen or something as a result of being behind Verstappen and yeah. overworking yeah. The, the front and Perez is probably mm. better on rear tires than front tire preservation you know this mm-hmm. tire whisper thing he's very good on throttle application. But it was his front tire that opened up um, after about lap fourteen that prompted the the pit stop. So again, I just get the feeling that he was all, not not deliberately, but he was almost sabotaged by Verstappen's um, uh, uh, strategy. You know, he was held up by him initially. Uh, I, um, well, the, the Ferraris were able to preserve their tires by the, low, the slower pace. Verstappen was ahead of Perez and therefore throwing that wash over the car. Which will hurt the front tires because it's scrubbing instead of gripping with the with the dirty air, um, which prompted them into an, a, a quite an early pit stop. So again, it just it just didn't seem like all they had to do there was say right, let Perez by, let him get his head down. He's got he's got on he's on a two stop. He needs the bolt get away, um, and then we can swap it around later if need be. Mm-hmm. And that that puts uh, Verstappen in between him and the Ferrari, and then they just swap it back on the last lap and. And, and job done. I just don't think there's any appetite. But no. to be honest, I don't. I think in most championships and most drivers' point of views, there is very little appetite for finishing second. To be honest, I, you know, it's especially in a championship point of view. In a race, maybe slightly different if you're charging forward. But a championship to finish second, it's it's a thing of nothing, really. You know, and and I don't I, I don't think the especially in F1 guys are. Not going to be too bothered about it, and that's just a feeling I got from it. Though I think Leclerc maybe did it, did want it because he was he worked so hard for it. You know, they worked against his own team to try and get it. But I think yeah. in general, you know, second in the championship is, you know, meh, whatever. You know, and I think that just kind of came across the whole, the, you know, across the board at the weekend. Um, I would explain probably not relative Barry to the standards that you'd expect. I mean, it's realistically just meeting expectations considering the machinery so it's not like someone's come and way surpassed the expectations of the team and of the driver 
you know. Yeah. So and ultimately, yeah. there's yeah. nothing to show for. So and, and Perez is not like the, the team isn't built around Perez finishing second. They don't, you know, the team is built around Verstappen winning the championship. They've done that mission accomplished. Sure, if they get second, grand. But we're not going to, you know, we're not going to risk a max win mm. over mm. it. Um, and we're and we're not going to, you know, be too, you know, too too much bothered about putting a whole load of systems in place. If it works, it works, and that'd be great. And if it doesn't, well, sure, Max still won 15 races, so that's that's what everyone will remember. Um, and they don't want, and you got to bear in mind also, Red Bull don't really want a driver any better than Perez. He he, he, he suits perfectly, you know. He's, he's not a threat to Verstappen. He's quick enough to kind of get in the mix and take a few points off the rest of them. And that's all they want from number two driver, being under no, you know, no impression otherwise that they're looking for someone to be to be pushing Verstappen up the road. That's it's not what they want. Any thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, no. Look, it 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 smacks. It stands out. It's 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 glaringly obvious, isn't it? It's glaringly obvious. Uh, the driver himself didn't have an appetite. The team didn't have an appetite. Mm. I, I think it was just they were just saying things for the sake of saying it, just to keep fans exactly. happy and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, fully uh, question agree. is Checo's reputation as a tire whisperer overrated? He opened up two sets of tires, and contrary to his claim, Max backed them up. It was how he handled the tires. We've kind of touched on that a little bit, I think. Well, one one is I mean it's it's cause and effect, you know, that if you're if you're in dirty air, you're gonna work the tires, especially the front tires, an awful lot harder. And that will that will cause them to open up. And as I said, if you if you look back per, one of the prez on the tire end of thing, it's his if you're real born and re- get into the data and stuff, I've seen some some interesting articles on it. His throttle application is is particularly, uh, you know, f- very very um, finessed. It's very good, mm-hmm. and that will save the rear tires um, more so than fronts. But fronts, there's not a whole lot you can do with. You know, the fronts is down to if you don't have the the, the arrow going over the front wing, you got to work the tire harder. You're going to overheat it. You're going to grain it. You're going to open it up, um, and that's that's what we've seen at the weekend. So. Mostly caused, I would say, by dirty air off the back of Verstappen. Hmm. Yeah. To to pick up on just a couple of things, and I know we spend a lot of time talking about Red Bull, right? Um, I'll come to the press release first, but or later, I should say. But I want to touch on something else first, and I was thinking raging over this because Barry, I'd like to go back maybe and just get the reference. And this is before I had my exact homework done on the point situation. Um, we we spoke after the race the other day, and you said Max is going to get tore apart. And I said, to a certain degree, justifiably so, I think, Barry. He couldn't see past his own ego last week, even taking Monaco into account. It was still bruised ego syndrome over that, which made him do what he did last week. And I still stand by that part. But where I'm wrong here is that it's played a big part in costing his team a 1-2 in the overall standings. That's incorrect, because I did the maths. And if they had a reverse positions last week, the clerk is still second. Yeah, by and just to, before I finish talking... There is a few people that did get in touch with us in relation to that, saying we were too kind to Max last week. So any thoughts on that now a week later? Um, I'm I'm standing by my opinion, but I'm not a racing driver. You think differently as I came to discover live last week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I, I think, to kind of reiterate what we said a while ago, I think we're probably making it too complicated and too many layers on it and everything else. For whatever reason... Um, Max felt that he had to get one back on Perez. That he had to, you know, he owed him one. Let's call it that way. You know, he owed him. He done something. We're presuming it's Monaco. Perez did something that pissed off Max. And Max just said, that's fine. 
someday I'll get me my my revenge on it. And that's all. Is that happened. childish, all that? No. Like they're grown men. Two wrongs don't make a right. No, no, I know, but you see, it's all power plays and all sorts of stuff, and you can't you can't take the you know you you, you can't in one in one se- sense um, applaud the you know the the the, aggress- the aggression aggressiveness of Verstappen and the pace that he has and all this sort of thing and and right put them all in the good column and then say oh and then he kind of he's a bit he can be a bit angry and he can be this and he can be a bit feisty and put it in the bad column it's a con- you get what you get that's it it's not yeah. an a la carte menu you can't pick this yeah. and off that uh, that menu and that off this menu this is what you're getting that's it and you get the good with the bad and the, yeah. the bits that make them good on one side and aggressive and everything else as I said before, remember the lap last year that he, he threw away in the last corner or whatever, was it Doha or whatever, the very last corner he, he, he yeah. threw it off. And everyone was saying, yeah. oh, he should have just held back and, you know, just, just he had the point. Oh, it, 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 yeah, yeah and, and just get it across the line. The point is, yeah. is that if he even considered that as an option in his head, if that, that was even open to him, and it's not, he wouldn't have been in a position in the first place to have that pocket of time to hold back. You, you, you can't have it both ways. So no. he was just, you know, what makes him, what gives him that hunger to win races in cars like he, that aren't really good enough to win races, which is not this year, of course, but last year and previous years, he was the only one that could put it up to, to Hamilton and, and Mercedes mm. in general because he brought something more to the party the same thing that that was the, the moreness there is the same thing that it comes from the same place with him that he just goes Perez did me wrong going to get him back it's 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 the two sides of the same coin and yeah you can't you can't say to somebody like Verstappen and say right we want but you imagine if, you, if you're if you're a Christian Horner and you go to me go okay Max so new plan you know all the stuff that makes you really really fast well we want all of that and you know the stuff that kind of makes you a little bit temperamental or holding grudges. We want none of that. You can't. You can't do that of any person in life. It's you know. Well, you can't. Well, you can get him to fucking follow a team order, surely. No, you can't. No, but hold on, hold on, Kev. How many? Like, we'll switch chords for a second, and we'll go. We'll go soccer. We'll go football. Right. We we'll talk about yeah. Eric Cantona. Right. When he in Crystal yeah. Palace, when he cleared the hoarding and kung fu kicked your man in the chest because he was riding golden him from the side. We talk about the amount of times. Roy Keane absolutely pulled off such something stupid, but people accepted that that was part and parcel of what made them exceptionally talented at what exactly. they do. And if it's acceptable, it's acceptable. To, oh yeah, to Cantona, oh yeah, but he's, that's what makes him so good. This is the, bar, the point Barry is trying to make here with Max. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair and it's not that it, it's not that it's acceptable. Like I mean, you know, I've heard of the two people you mentioned. I think they play soccer or mm. something in red jerseys, but they, they, they. they <laughs> Sorry, I'll be precision. Of course, I heard it the two lads you mentioned. But, you know, it, it, look, it's never acceptable to Kung Fu kick someone over a, a fan, right? That's not, it's not acceptable. But you can, as Mike says, you can see it's, it's part of the same process. That means the next day he goes out and the, 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 he goes for the ball that the other 10 players on his team won't go for. So you got to yeah. take the rough with the smooth side of it. Mm. You know, in a perfect world, if you were to take the mer- perfect racing driver, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd take the kind of, you know, the good attributes from all of them and you'd place them into one driver. But it's never going to happen. You know, it's, it's never, you know, so people say, oh, well, Perez would have, Perez would have, you know, Perez gave him the position point back and all. You go, yeah, yeah, Perez is three tenths of a second slower than him, though. 
every mm-hmm. lap of every race, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't go for gaps. So which do you want? Do you want mm-hmm. the Verstappen I mean, or do you want the put Perez? It, put, it, put it into context, right? Put it into context. Perez is trying to chase down Leclerc. He's got new rubber. He comes up behind Hamilton, who's on a one-stop strategy as well, who's absolutely doing his best to keep the car stuck to the road where he can. And Hamilton obviously had a little right smile on his face and he was a little bit of payback perhaps from last exactly. season. Exactly, 12 months back. But, 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 uh, but he, uh, he, he, I mean, what did he take? Two and a half, three laps to get past him? Yeah, I think. And did he? I'm trying to remember. Did, did he outbreak himself and let him back by him, or was that he someone did, else? He did, yeah, yeah, little lock up, little lock up on you. And he got the switch right. back and, and let him yeah. back up the inside. So as I said, it's it's not. I don't think anyone to, to the people who are saying we're being kind to him or whatever else. Mm. I, look, I'm not saying that he's you know the nicest human being going or all these mm. sort you know things and like forget that. I don't care who nice or whatever. You know, we're classing them as racing drivers, and of course personalities and you know different things come into it, but. What makes Verstappen so lethal in a car, and I mean that not in that he'll take you out of the corner, but literally lethal from a point of view of giving him a car that is halfway capable of winning, and he will make it win, just as the Hamiltons of this world, just as the Alonso's in other ways, just as you know the Vettels, all these guys will take something and take get more from it than they really should. There yeah. is there is another side to that type of personality, and it comes out from time to time, and. Should we accept it? Should we just brush past it? And no, we shouldn't. And we should. And you should go. Yeah, you're a bit of a bollocks for doing that. But but that's who he is. And mm-hmm. and 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 from a team manager's point of view, would you really want to knock that edge off him for fear of it, of it also knocking the other side off him that gives you the three tenths of a lap? Or would you just go? You know what? As an overall package, this is fine don't upset the apple car too much and we'll just have to live I mean, with the fallout once a year. I mean, you, you you take the same team a few years ago, right? When it was uh, um, Verstappen and um, the Aussie, what was his name? You mean Vettel and Weber? Or Vettel and Weber, sorry, yeah. Yes, Vettel and yes. Weber, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I mean, Seb, Seb's hanging up the, the, the driving gloves now and everyone's saying, what a lovely fella, he, well, he's, yeah. what a great guy. Yeah, and he a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago, when he when he and Weber were going at it in the same team, he said, I could remember uh, one particular race where they took each other out. Another race where Seb was told not to hold station and not to overtake Weber, finish one, two. And he just basically put a finger up to everybody and said, yeah. I'm a fucking racing driver and that's what I'm here to do. And he just done it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly right. That's what it is. And you, 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 you can't. You, you, you know, that's what it is. You take it or you leave it. And mm. you just live, you live with, you know, all the upsides and a few of the downsides. And it's the same, mm. it's, it's, it's the same thing that makes them go for the gaps um, yeah. and whatever else. So, no, so yeah. again, just read it. We're not, we're not making excuses for him. We're not, we're not justifying yeah. what he did. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's. Can I quote across here now, Barry? I actually yeah, want to quote across yeah, here purposely. Go. Would you give him the place back last week? We'll finish on this. Would you would give Perez the place last week? If I was Verstappen, hmm. if I was Verstappen, I would not because I was Verstappen. If Barry Rabbit probably. That's what I'm asking, yeah. If it's Barry Rabbit driving for Red Bull and Perez is your teammate, even considering all past events, if you want to bring Monaco into it, would you would you actually give the place to him? Yeah, I prob- I personally probably would, but I'd okay. see that just as much a weakness as a as a as, as a, a strength. As a strength, yeah. Because yeah. I know that 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 
the, the you know the, that would mean that I don't have that rootlessness that maybe I I would need on the on, on the other fifteen races of the year. Okay, you see? Mike. So that that's my my thoughts yeah. on it. Yeah, Mike. I'd have to think very hard about it, and I'm not going to lie to you. Right, mm. and out of the three of us that'd be on here now, the, the two guys would be the racing drivers, and I'd be like, I'd be like bringing up the rear gun, rear gunner a lot of the time. Maybe that's why I'm so used to looking at other people's gearboxes. Uh, to have to look at yet another gearbox would sicken me, to be honest with you. And I'd be inclined to say, probably not. No, probably right. not. Right, that's that's fair. So I'm in in this case, I'm putting this a little bit to bed. But it does segue us into the press release that Red Bull were forced to put out there, which has inconsistencies. And I know this is four or five days old, but we've only got the opportunity to come to it now. So to suggest that, and let me just get the quote, and this is taken from the press release. Regretfully, Max was only informed at the final corner of the request to give up position without all the necessary information being relayed. That's factually incorrect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who do they think F1 fans are in this day and age? We know the message is delayed by 60 seconds approx, um, or in around that time frame anyway. What did they think they were going to achieve by this, guys? Like, I mean, it's already a shitty enough situation. And we should add, also in the press release, nobody wants to see hate, obviously, be it at Verstappen, be it at Perez, be it at anyone's family. But if I'm involved in Red Bull now, and that's gone out, I'm grabbing my PR person and saying, what the fuck? We're already yeah. in a bit of a shitstorm here. Yes, it's probably great for the brand. As we said previously, there's clicks. You know, there's everyone's talking about Red Bull. Sure, this isn't a great. Red Bull are delighted. But as a team and how it's perceived, not good, guys. That's my opinion anyway. Any thoughts? Mike, I'll start with you. Well, I read, a, funnily enough, an old friend of ours uh, put put a comment on, 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 on a clip where... Um, Christian Horner had the, at the after party uh, Sunday evening and he had his arm, his left arm around Verstappen and his right arm around Vettel. And it was, you know, the greatest Red Bull drivers, et cetera, et cetera. And, and a, a, a friend of ours put up the post that said, more like a manager who couldn't control either of his two drivers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that there could be an element of that to it. So what what did we put out in the media then? Sure, we we told him to do it. He wouldn't do it. We're very upset with him. We don't know what now we're going to do next. What, I just know, I just leave out that line. I'd probably just leave that line out. I wouldn't even bring attention to it, or I'll say mm. just leave it out altogether. Do you know what I mean? It was I mean, it was definitely a bit of a, a faux pas to include the line in the first place. But it was. Um, yeah. They have to put something out. They're probably, you know, F1. The release is fine. It's just that line. It's I just think that it's, line. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. I know. And it, it kind of just gave them another. They, to be perfectly honest, and here's maybe, you know, a bit of a shock. They probably just don't care, Kev. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're, yeah. And they're living in a bit of a bubble and maybe a bit of a vacuum. And they're just, you know, hmm. ah, yeah, sure. We'll type this out and we'll get away with it. And, you know, it'll be grand. And there'll be a, it'll all blow up. But, you know, if we write anything else, and like you said, if we, well, we told Max not to do it. And he went and did it anyway, this scoundrel. You know, like, <laughs> they're not going to write that, like, you know. So, they, 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 they probably had a fairly limited kind of uh, range of things they could say, and they're probably yeah. like, oh, we probably won't get away with this, but it's better better than the truth, like, you know. So, um, and, yeah, like, I, I don't think there's any managing of, of a driver. And, and 
you're not got like I I think to to be fair to the likes of Horner and and some some of the other team bosses, you know, they know trying to control a Max Verstappen in a race car at 200 mile an hour is an absolute exercise in futility. They they know that, you know. In in Horner's case, he 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 raced to a reasonably high level himself as a driver to F3000, you know, and wasn't you know was no Egypt in a car, you know, he yeah. didn't he he didn't get to F1, but a lot of people don't get to F1, but he was no Egypt in a car. Um, and what he just realizes is, well, why bother trying to, you know, creating havoc and 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 friction, asking someone who's the most highly prized asset in the Red Bull um, company next to maybe Adrian Newey, or certainly in the top three or four of the whole of the whole operation. Why try and you know cause friction there? when it's ultimately not going to work, you know, this is, this is what he has. He, he's, you know, they'll do their best within a certain amount of circumstances. And he's smart enough to know that and, and not to, not, not, not to, not to push too hard. And he's not the only one, you know, like there would have been cases with Hamilton and um, yeah. you go back to, you know, your Schumachers and your Senna's yeah. and Prost. And there's loads of history of, of that, of that sort of stuff um, going on. So, I, I don't see it as a as a weakness. If anything, I'd see it as a as a bit of a strength to know what you know what what's the saying? Con- control the things you can, and just you know the serenity to live with those that you can't. And I think there's probably a lot of that in case when you're when you're trying to to run an F1 team with Max Verstappen's and Lewis Hamilton's and 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 yeah. and whoever else you know. Um, I mean, I mean, look at it like this, right? Look at it like this. Any other team manager. Even as far down as Williams or Haas would love to have Max Verstappen in their car. It's a great problem to have, isn't it? it? Wouldn't it? Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. First, yeah. It's a first world problem for a te- team boss, you know, to, yeah. to try and, you know, s- s- yeah. slow him down. And that's that's what he's there for. So, and OK, yeah. we're talking about Verstappen here because he's, you know, he's the current champion. Um, he's the race winner's most popular race winner, most um, winning this race driver this year. But this isn't new stuff, you know. This is this is going on on and on for as long as I've been watching F one, which is a year or two. So um, <laughs> I I, th- I think it's just I, I I think maybe it's 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 in a lot of these cases it's I think people are expecting the uh, you know and kind of asking for the complete impossible, and 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 you know and saying like. Why didn't Horner do this to Verstappen on the phone on the on the radio to him? And why didn't he do that? And why you it's not going to work, you know? At least have the, you know, the, the he has the knowledge to know it's not going to work. So don't do it, and and mm. live with what you got. Next point of reference actually is the win percentage, which you kind of touched on there. And Max has obviously broken a record for fifteen wins. However, still not the highest win percentage. Schumacher. 13 out of 18, I think, in a season. And it's an awful Peter Rich. He's not here because he'd absolutely love this. Um, 72.22% Schumacher's win percentage. Max, uh, I think it was somewhere around 67 or 8 or something like that. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is third because Vettel, I think, is on 70 ish. Does it? 1952. Alberto Ascari, six out of eight races, 75%. Don't. He's obviously he's just been dropped out. It's out of out of all the stats. I seen that one myself the other day. And yeah. Ascari won six out of eight and fifty-two, which is seventy-five percent. So everybody seemed to have forgotten about him. I don't know why. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Jeez, and it was, there, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. And I and I and I 
I, I, I didn't, I won't pretend to remember the exact figures, but I knew Ascari had a very high percentage rate going back that long. And I looked it up and it was 75. And I went, ah, maybe that's before there was the official world championships, but it's not. I believe 1950 was the first world championship. So don't know why that one's been forgotten. I know six out of eight is not necessarily the, the highest numbers going, but if we're talking percentages, it is a Max also had Max also had two very early in the season. It was in Bahrain, and and didn't he have he had fuel pump or fuel injection issue, fuel starvation issues or whatever. Lack, two a lack of fuel. A lack of fuel. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He had two DNFs, you know. So he finished twenty races. So busy buying dinners, Barry. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I believe that was a bit of an own goal from Red Bull, according to a source who remained nameless, who has yeah. the inside info in Red Bull. I think that was a bit of an own goal at the start of the season. Yeah. The, but like you can bench that any way you like. If you take out those two races because they weren't his fault, out of the twenty races he did finish, he won seventy five percent of those. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, that, can, I mean, you probably just you could probably apply the same to to Schumacher and um, yeah. and, and Vettel as well. I don't know what yeah. this, uh, but yeah, at the <laughs> end of the day, it's a, it's it's a lot of races in a season. You know, is fifteen out of twenty three harder than six out of eight? I don't know. But yeah, or 13 over 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, just, it's, um, guys, on the season in general, like, and I was just thinking back on this because, like, three, four, five races in, this is a genuine conversation about Leclerc and Verstappen. And how it drastically mm. changed in around, I suppose, the middle part of the season onwards, you could say, and how quickly things just became one way of traffic. You know, it was disappointing from that point of view. I need to go back and check my statistics, but is that the earliest an F1 driver's championship has been tied up? No, I think I think uh, one of the Schumacher eras was tied up. I couldn't sooner. tell you the amount of races, but yeah, sooner. Yeah. Um, like I think yeah. like August or something. Now the mm. season had a different had a different timeline, but I think somewhere around August, one of the years, um, mm. with about five five races still to go, Schumacher wrapped it up out of a seventeen round championship or something like that. So, think, but it'd be up I there. Think, it'd be in the top few. Yeah, I think the year Mansell won it. I think he had it wrapped up very early as well, didn't he? In '92, yeah, yeah he stats done on that there, one. you hear stats though? There's no point in me doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, it's all, it's yeah, the stats. Oh, some, no, they're interesting stats. The this is the mm. four thousand and twenty fifth lap for someone to lead in a red car. Show. Mm. Sorry, this doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crap they come out with. It's just, it's uh, anyway. Yeah, too much okay. air already. Moving on, moving on, lads, moving on. Um, we have a little bit to to look back on, right, Bo? Obviously, in the last couple of days, we've had um, postseason testing as well. Alonso got a spin out of the Aston Martin, unbranded, obviously. Playing green. Uh, for contractual reasons there. Can I just ask, from for someone who doesn't have any great data knowledge, what are they actually doing with that? What's achievable? Is the cars not naturally going to change anyway? What What is it? You know, I'm just trying to understand what, what's the point of it, really. The, the, the end of season testing, you mean? Yeah. I mean, every lap you do in any race car has a benefit. Some more than others, but there's definitely there's definitely a benefit to be, benefit to be had. Um, it could be, and I'm really just you know speculating here wildly. You put a, you put Fernando Alonso into your car. Um, he drives the car. There's a good chance the car has a trait that he either likes or doesn't like, and he will. You know, he will kind of feedback to the feedback from that. Year. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, he'll relay that back one way or the other. Um, he'll relay it back. Go oh, look, a car is doing this. Uh, 
that happened to me four years ago in that car and this is how we got around it and I don't particularly like that or so I mean I don't know what they're doing but you can be damn sure they'll get some nugget of information out of it that may not be positive or may not have a massive value today but you know in in time it could have so um yeah every lap is important as you can get something from it but they were also running some of some Pirelli brought Pirelli are bringing sort of slight changes, new changes to the to the to the tire to the rubber for next year. And mm-hmm. I know that part of part of this week's testing is is running that rubber to to, to see for, for feedback for Pirelli. Yeah, so it's it's there's 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 loads of opportunities mm-hmm. there to. Plus, the other thing is if it's if it's end of season testing, they can be a little bit more flexible with what they try. You know, I mean, if you've got a race coming this weekend and you're like, right, we need we have a testing program, we need to follow this and. We don't want to go too wildly off script just in case we lose our way a bit and, and can't get back um, with setup or, or such. Whereas if it's the end of the season, you go, you know that thing that we were wondering all year if it would work? Let's let's give it a shot and see what, you know, it's a bit yeah. of a wild one. Let's try it. Yeah, probably it's wrong with it. You know, so there's a few different angles, I'd say, um, to, 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 to exploit. Um, and yeah, every, every lap, there's something to be learned from every lap, I think, in any race car. Sebastian Vettel, guys. Will we see him back? Any observations? How can someone become just so universally popular? Is it because simply he wasn't winning races? Um, mm-hmm. what, what's the crack? You know what I mean? It, it seems to be the biggest outpour of emotion, almost, I would say, up there anyway, with any driver that's ever left F1. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, obviously, you know, as a person, he's probably grown like, you know, we all do, and he's... I don't think he'd say he's mellow. That would probably be doing him a disservice. But um, yeah, I think I think it's just media crap. To be perfectly honest, you know, he's probably not that different a person that he was ten years ago or whatever it was when he was just wiping the floor of everybody. Um, and it's kind of build him up, knock him down, kind of thing that we've we've seen from various media. And you know, the the British media that we watch is generally known for that in, across all sports and celebrity and stuff. You know, we're not great with it in this country either with the, the build them up and knock them down sort of attitude. But it's, um, I think a lot of that is just, is, is just media driven. And, and, and then if you're, if you're, of course, the other thing is if you're in the limelight, you know, if you're in the limelight for winning races, you know, if you, if you scratch your ear the wrong way, someone's going to read something into it, you know, and oh, he's doing that because of this and he's doing that. Whereas if you're a little bit in the, sh- in the shadows as Sebastian has been lately, you know, he's not under the same scrutiny for every every action he makes or every move he does on track. And, you know, only the kind of more um, bigger picture stuff might come through, which is probably a better better reflection on, on any any of them on, on the grid, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's a different person or anything. Um, I think it's just probably not under the same silly levels of scrutiny. Mike? Yeah, look, I'd agree with that. Um, will we see him back? It's hard to say, right? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, I don't want to use Barry's terminology from a few weeks ago, but he's going to go off and hug a few trees and do what makes him feel good, <laughs> right? Um, will he Will he come back? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe if he does, it might be when Audi joined the foray and, and, it, and they might talk him into it then, depending on what's around him. There's no doubt they'll want a German driver, I don't think, but it'll depend on who's there and what they're doing. But it's hard to see. It's really hard to see him coming back. I mean, 
I suppose, look, being a, being a complete bollocks about this, he probably couldn't wait to get out of Aston Martin, having to wipe Lance's nose on every occasion. And every time he did try and get, when he did try and um, do something decent in the car, if Lance was around him, Lance tried to put him in the wall or do something stupid with him anyway, you know, and just drove at him because he knew he could, because daddy's checkbook said so, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, he's probably he's probably delighted to, to, to step back from that. I mean, we, we were talking about it earlier, Kevin. You go to the uh, the sprint race in, in Brazil when he went to overtake his teammate and his teammate shoved him out on the grass at 180 mile an hour. Like, what, like he was so lucky, you know? He won't miss that. Uh, he, mm. won't, he, he won't miss that bit of it. He won't miss that, like. Yeah. He won't miss that. And then and then, you know, even on Sunday, right? He he, he complained about like that they fucked him up with a one stop strategy. And and they actually sh- shot themselves in their foot by doing it because had they put him on a two stopper and had he finished in front of Ricciardo instead of behind him, they would have put twelve million dollars in the bank that they don't have today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think so, I don't think yeah. he'll come back. I think he's mm. I think the difference you've seen with people that's come back lately is, you know, Alonso is the big one, obviously. You know, he's he's what is he, forty one, um, forty two maybe you know, going continuing on. But Alonso is a full on like racing is his life, he, you know. So far, and like I'm not one for knowing all the wags and the kids and all the rest of it. But as far as I'm aware, he's a single man. He's no kids. Racing is it. That is absolutely it for Alonso. He will drive anything that you, you you ask him to, and he gets a massive enjoyment from it. I think Vettel and others like him have got more aspects to to their life, and 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 you know. It'll it, 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 he won't get as bored as quick. Definitely not if he's got three small kids running around him, which I believe is the case. So he's he's got plenty. He's got plenty of other options to do. So he probably won't that boredom probably won't kick in as quick as it would for the likes of Alonso's and stuff. Um, but having said that, I would be surprised to not see him in a race car again. You know, we know he has a massive, massive appreciation for the history of the sport. We seen. I think we all see that thing before where he named every world champion from nineteen fifty. Mm true to to the current day which is you know you don't do that by accident you know that's that's a real connoisseur of the sport um and we know he owns a couple of classic i think he owns Mansell's 92 williams that we spoke about earlier privately yeah. done some laps in it mm-hmm. um you know he builds motorbikes in his shed all these sort of things so he is a he is a full-on uh racer uh but you know 24 races in an f1 calendar maybe i think he's probably had his fill of it now and mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him back doing a, you know, Le Mans type stuff or various different classes like that. Um, um, it'd be lovely. It'd be great to see him in the Ferrari uh, thing in a couple of years' time with the hypercars at Le Mans or something like that. But I can't see him being back in F one. No. I'd say you'd more likely find him on some random test day at, you know, Mugello or something driving, uh, driving uh, Mansell's Williams in a pair of plain white overalls with a couple of lads running it out the back of a van and a trailer. Like, I think that you could see him doing that just for the pure love of driving the car, but not, not, not a full turn to F1, I don't think. Um, Rob Schumacher, guys, he's been, I suppose, a little bit annoyed, to say the least, with uh, going to our decision to have Hulkenberg back. Another thing we didn't talk about yet was Ricardo going back as reserve driver at Red Bull, which... I, I gotta be honest, I didn't see that one coming. And how the is it the chickens have come home to roost? You know, you leave because you don't fancy it with Max, you know, as well, a be- second 
driver and now you're like going back as a reserve driver and yeah, possibly with one eye maybe the year after next. I've seen a great one on that, Kevin. Someone has said he left he left Red Bull because he didn't want to be a number two driver. Now he's coming back to Red Bull as a number three driver. <laughs> so like, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. The Ricardo yeah, thing. Well, but he's had a dose of rea- realism as well, guys. He's had two two he's had two teams, what, four seasons there? Uh, two with McLaren, two with uh, Renault. Um he thought he was going to, he obviously thought he was going to light the place up when he went to Renault. I mean, what was your man's name, the team boss at Renault? That's got, he, he got, yeah, he actually got mm. the P45 because of the money he spent bringing Ricardo to that team for what, one podium? You know? Yeah, not much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so he's, he's had a little dose of reality and he, his choices now are if he wants to stay in the sport, that's the only door that's open to him. And that's probably open. He's going to do work in a simulator. He, I don't know that he'll, he'd be very lucky. It, we're not going to get another belt of COVID that's going to take lads out of the car the way it was. So he'd be very lucky if he gets a run on tarmac. Yeah, yeah, and and but to to, to your point, Mike, about where where else could he go, and to mm. bring it back to as Kev said about the the Haas thing, surely mm. there was an option there for him. I mean, I can't I can't imagine if he knocked on on Gunter Steiner's door and said, you know. How you how you fixed that that he would have got anything but a positive reception from from Haas. So he he obviously chose not to do that. Um, mm. I don't know. I just I I surely he's be better off on the grid doing something yeah. than, than than trailing around the country. Like you know the yeah, one of the things yeah. he said was he, he you know like F F one drivers. It's not a hard life. Don't get me wrong, but you know traveling the world that doing going to twenty four races and all that goes with it. You know, as they say, they get paid for they get paid for the travel and they get paid for the media and they drive the cars for free is the kind of the old adage. Mm. Um, mm. But to to be a reserve driver and to have to do all of the bad bits without getting the the, the good bit, um, mm. it's, it just doesn't. You know, especially from someone who's going on about wanting to recharge and get back for mm. the love of it and everything else, like. Jesus, I can't think of anything worse to be an F, an ex. Well, okay, I can think of loads of things worse, but you know what I mean. To be an ex, to be an ex F one driver that's you know mm. kind of got dished out of the sport and then choosing to just be part of the circus without the driving bit. I can't, I can't fathom it. Surely he'd been better off jumping into the Haas and trying to you know throw in a few good performances and 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 work his way back up. But um, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe he still has a bit of a price tag that has. Maybe he was still a bit too rich even then for price for for Haas. But was know? it? Is he not paid out by McLaren anyway? Because he was going to get paid by McLaren next year, one way or the other. Still, still he wanted to. Uh, still wanted a few yeah. a few quid, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, look, at the end, he was open to him, I'd imagine. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you know, maybe maybe he knows something that we don't, and you know, Perez yeah. mightn't be, you know, the Perez seat might might open up again, but. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's quite likely that we might have seen the last of Ricardo in, a, in an F1 race at the weekend. Could be, yeah, could be. Maybe that's his hope. Maybe he's hoping, maybe he's realising that he, he, he jumped a bit too quick. He panicked, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. He realises now that there's very few lads out there in that grid who are going to live with, with Max in a car. And maybe um, maybe he's hoping that Checo by, will, will, will feel like he did at the end of the next season and say, uh, I can't do this. I want to go somewhere else. And maybe he's, maybe that's what he's doing. We don't know. We can't second guess that. Yeah. Checo is only contracted at the end of next year, isn't he? I think. Yeah, right? yeah. End of 23. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so something, something might open up. It's got to be his line of thinking. Mm. Mm. Surely, you know, 
Okay, so I'll bring it back to, to Ralph Schumacher. He's not impressed with, with Gunter Mike. Uh, this is something you wanted to talk about. What do you well, make yeah. Wrong? Yeah, because I think that, that when you look at there's, there's so many comments on social media, um, and I, I'm someone who's sad to see Mick Schumacher not getting another driver. I think he's come along a lot this season, certainly in the second half of the season. And I thought he's as good as, as some of the other guys that are around him in, in similar teams, if not better. Um but I, I read somewhere in the week that Ralph, uh, Mick's entourage has become too much for Haas and for Gunter to, to handle. And in particular, Ralph. Ralph has been um, arguing um, almost all the time with Gunter for most of the season around what, what he should or shouldn't do in support of Mick in the car. Um, and I think that might be, that might have been another very, very significant contributory factor to why why Haas have said, sorry, Mick, you know, they don't need they don't need that pain in the neck all the time either, if it's true, you know. Yeah, there does yeah. I I've I've heard similar things that there's there's a bit of a mm. a bit of baggage that maybe comes mm. with Mick, whatever that might be and whatever it might mean. Um, you know, the name can be good and can be bad. Um and that you could live with that baggage if the performances were strong enough, but um, they're not maybe strong enough to put up with the, to those potential downsides. Uh, and if you have someone like Magnussen in the other seat that comes and appears to be a much more just straightforward, no bullshit, no entourage, no baggage, just put me mm. in the car and I'll drive it as fast as I can. And, you know, thanks very much. And we'll see you yeah. next week. Um, it, it's probably a bit of a, it's definitely a contributing factor from what I what I can see. Um, yeah. Plus, you know, Haas aren't currently looking for. I mean, Schumacher Schumacher is not a future world champion. He's not a he's not a Lando Norris or a Verstappen or a Piastri or yeah. any of these guys that are potentially going to explode into superstars. I I think that's fair to say. Is he a very good racing driver? Absolutely. Um, is he is he you know generational talent as the phrase goes? I don't think so. So without that potential explosive upside, um, you from Haas's point of view, they're kind of going right. So, but he's a bit of a crasher. It takes him a little while to get on top of the on top of the car. You know, we need a we need a safe pair of hands. We don't have the potential of him becoming a, an absolute world beater and, and getting you know bought off us for millions and millions of euros. Um, so let's go with the the other option. Um, Who also crashes think... cars? <laughs> yeah, 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 But there's not many. Yeah, if you, if yeah. you don't want, if, if there's no, there's actually not an awful lot of drivers. So once once you've decided for whatever reason, I don't want Mick Schumacher. There isn't a massive pool of drivers to pull from at the moment. No, really, no. you know. Um, so I don't think they got rid of Mick to create a space for Hulkenberg. I think they got rid of Mick for their own reasons and then looked yeah. around and went, Hulkenberg is the best of what's available, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's at, a subtle but important exactly. difference, I think. Yeah, I mean, look at Williams. Look, William, Williams, you know, Williams had to had to give extra laps to Logan Sargent to, to, make, to get him his super license so they could put him in the car next year. And there's a guy coming out after one season in F2, um... Um, and 
I actually think he's going to struggle. I think another year in F2 might have done him the world of good. I think he's going to really struggle watching him in, in free practice there at the weekend and all as well. He he just he didn't didn't seem like he, he was comfortable, you know. His and his junior career is good but not exceptional. You know, I think yeah. he's a lot of um like uh, he he was I believe third in in British F4 in 2017. Mm. Um, I can't just think who was second, but they're also in F1 this year. Can't just think of mm. who that is. But the winner of British F4 is not in F1. He's gone, Jamie Caroline. So it, there's, you know, and then Sargent went on, and he was kind of thirds and fourths and fifths in time. Mm. One year he was nowhere, but I think that was he might have only done a part season. But he doesn't have a Piastri level of junior yeah. category where it's you know Formula Renault yeah. winner, Formula Three winner, yeah. Formula Two winner, yeah. and now F1 yeah. driver. He doesn't have that. Um, I think, the, you know, not to be, not to be too, too too crude about it. I think what he does have is the American passport, which Absolutely. is probably and a big a big push. And we all, you know, that's part and parcel of it. Um, but I wouldn't be expecting massive no. things. We could be wrong. I wouldn't be expecting massive things from him though. Um, and he'd probably be one of those that'll, you know, come in, do a couple of years and then might might kind of slitter away again. And we've seen plenty of those now, over the years, unfortunately. Yeah. Now it might be interesting to see whether or not Mercedes pick make up as the third wheel, right? Was that did I hear something that, that was that was a deal done that Mick was going to Mercedes as a reserve driver? It's not being finalized yet or confirmed okay. we talked about. But I, that I, I think, Mike, the strategy there might be if Sargent doesn't cut the mustard, that Mick might Mick might be drafted in through Toto back, back to in, Williams, in, back to Williams, like the way he did George Russell. Maybe that's the thinking. Yeah, possibly, possibly, and of course, Mick has no longer got his Ferrari ties. So I think he, he part of with the Ferrari Academy yeah. earlier in the year, so mm. he, he's a bit more open to it, but. There are um, so many puns going to happen if this Sergeant thing doesn't work out. It's just dropped with me. Holy <laughs> God. And I hope it works out okay for him. But there's a new Sergeant in town. And, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're not. You're we're, we're, yeah, yeah. Dad joke central here. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking there as well, actually. Um, first thing I wanted to do was uh, we, we put up a Twitter poll, I don't know, five days ago, according to this year, about Haas and did they make the right decision dropping Mick Schumacher. 50-50 guys I'm not joking down the middle that's how close it was yeah straight down mm. the middle um, which I thought was was, was quite interesting of course but, uh, the other thing might be something to finish up on Latifi didn't go without taking something with him because we may or may not have got a rap on the knuckles for using content that we shouldn't have used which may have involved Latifi driving the wrong way in Japan I'll say no more I'll really? tell you about it off air. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least his F1 career wasn't a complete failure. No, no. <laughs> he, got, yeah. he got on the Irish F1 show. That's it, yeah. That's it. If he wants to go on the chat, there's absolutely no problem either. Poor old, poor old Latifi. He'll be missed around the place, guys, if, if anything. He seemed to be for... a very well-regarded driver, I have to say. He seemed to be, you know, okay, he, he, he had his struggles and, you know, he won a few F2 races, which, which you know, they don't give them away. But, um. He did seem to be well regarded, funny enough, which is which was interesting to to hear when he when he part a company, especially yeah, maybe in in Red Bull quarters where he spun and caused Abu Dhabi last year. He had some great moments. In fairness, lads, if this is to be the last episode, is there any little last takeaways before I do come to the rest of the any other business part? 
I mean, the only thing I'd, I'd say is more looking forward than taking away. I think we could be lined up for a pretty good season next year. Um, it's been, it's you know the the field is definitely closing up. Um, not just the front the front view, but further down, we're seeing much smaller gaps in in you know be, between between the, the cars and qualifying and and whatnot. So, yeah, I think we I I, I think we could be on for uh, hopefully a closer twenty twenty three. Um yeah. and and yeah, if if Mercedes can continue their their recent uh, form of improvement, um and and have they've they've probably learned more. This year than any of the teams coming from a, a weaker position, of course, um, and and if Ferrari can get their house in order, I think we could have a very interesting, um, a very interesting season with those those three. Never mind if anyone else manages to to drag themselves up 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 the side uh, and, yeah. and get in the mix too. Yeah, mm-hmm. my my takeaway is definitely definitely I I I just I actually think Mercedes are going to come bring everything. To the show next year, they're going to be a real power, a real force to be reckoned with next season. I do really believe that. Mm. Very much looking forward to it as well, guys. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think that might nearly be it. We do definitely have one more interview coming before the end of the year. But in terms of the format in which this was set up, in I think that's that's pretty much it. So look, it's unfortunate Richie's not with us or the same. But Mike, you've been with us a few times, Barry. You've been with us a good few times this year as well. I think maybe you missed the first two and then you come in after that, wasn't it? I think so, so something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, not to be blowing around Trump, but I think it's gone pretty good. I've enjoyed it. And I just want to say thanks to, to you guys. You know, you've made yourselves available anytime time that, uh, that I've asked. That goes to yourself, yourself, Mike, and uh, and to Richie as well. So I appreciate that. And, oh, very um, welcome. Yeah. Good fun. It'll be... It'll be... It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's how it should be received as well. I think because um, you know we're not going to turn into prime time. <laughs> Just you yeah. know, no, they might watch it instead of prime time, but no, that's the, that's the whole of it. So lads, look, thanks a million, really appreciate it. All right, thanks a million, Barry Rabbit and Mike Dormady and uh, Richard Carney as well. Thanks a million, PFT Travel and Rapco. Thanks a million. Without your support, guys, this sort of thing just does not happen. Very, very simply, and uh, the listeners. The viewers, you know, be it those who tuned in and watch our live stream or those who go back and listen on Spotify and Apple and all those places, anyone who hit the five stars or anyone who left us a review, which some people have as well, all that really does help. We've got the number one there share several times this year. And, you know, again, you're the ones that, um, that made that happen ultimately. So, uh, again, thanks a million. Really enjoyed the first season. And we do have one more special, as I said, before we finish up but uh, for the last time that's where we leave it and we will chat to you again very very soon indeed so until then take care